Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, Dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. All right, you guys, I am back with another solo episode. You guys have clearly been loving these solos. And so I'm excited to bring you more and more of them. And I asked you guys, as I always do before I do my solos, what topics you wanted to hear about. And primarily the way that I'm structuring the episode for today is kind of like wellnessy slash beauty vibes and relationship. And if I can get to finances, because those were like the three really big buckets that you guys like asked independent, like a bunch of you guys asked about these three specific topics. So I'm going to jump right in and get into a granular hour by hour evening routine. I was shocked at the number of you guys who were so curious about my literal hour by hour evening routine, but I'm just going to go with it and give you guys all the details. So I go to the gym typically at 5 or 6 p.m. I'm honestly speaking myself, very much a morning gym person, but we live about a 10 to 12 minute drive away from our gym. And because I still don't have my license, Nish has to drive me and he is the very opposite of me. He is not a morning person. And so for me to ask him to take me to the gym at 7 a.m. is never going to work. So I've switched my gym routine around and now I go at 5 or 6 p.m. I typically have an hour long workout and then I come home. And once I get home from the gym, I either cook dinner or if I've prepped dinner, you know, for like a few days, then I just heat it up. And if I'm cooking, it won't ever take me more than about 30 minutes to cook a weeknight meal. I just no one has time for that. It's a weekday. Like, let's get moving. We got to be efficient. So dinner takes about 30 minutes to prep. And I usually eat my dinner by 730 p.m. I do any emails or last minute pieces of work. Like I try to wrap it up by 830 at the very most. I try if I can to stay away from work after dinner. I kind of like that to be the end of my day if I can. But, you know, I 
own my own business and that isn't always possible. So if I have any urgent emails to get to or I have to review something or the other, I try to get that all done by 8 slash 8.30 p.m. Then, you know, I was actually think like I was I was really like looking into the minute by minute what I was doing last night because I was like, I want to keep this as true to what I do as possible. And so I do start getting ready for bed at about 9 p.m. But I will say on days that I'm exhausted and yesterday was one of them, I was really sore from the gym. I just had an incredibly long day. We were at a shoot all day and I was just really tired. And so after dinner, which I finished at like 730, I just sat on the couch and watched the office while like doing little pieces of work. And yeah, I like started to get ready at about 915 ish. Normally, if I've come home from the gym, I'll take a shower. I'll just I'll do my skincare. I will have my bedtime supplements, which is the bio optimizers, magnesium and our array sleep capsules. And then I get into bed by 9.30, p.m., after which I read for about 30 to 45 minutes. Yesterday, by the time my lights were off and I was ready to sleep. I think it was 10, honestly, because I was like getting really, really tired by like 9.50. And I'm currently reading Harry Potter. So I was like, it was hard to put it down, but I was like, I'm just, I'm dead. And so last night I went to bed at about 10 p.m. Normally, I would say it's about 10.30 on a day where I'm not that, that tired. And then, you know, I wake up at between 6 to 6.30 when I'm in my routine. So that's kind of the very granular hour by hour evening routine that I have. While eating dinner, I will typically watch a little bit of TV. I'm not a big TV watcher in the sense that I don't like to commit to new shows or movies because I feel like, number one, I just don't like the risk associated with me hating the show. Okay. I'm very specific. I'm really sensitive to what I take in. And so if it's something that isn't extremely feel good, then I like it really bothers me. And then I have like bad dreams about it. And then the next day I wake up and I'm sad about what I watched. So I have to really closely monitor what I'm taking in. So because I tend to be like that, I just watch shows that I know are my happy place. And so for me, that's honestly like The Office and Friends and those will kind of be on repeat. Or, you know, if it's a Friday and I want to watch a movie, it'll be again something really lighthearted. Like I love Marvel and essentially any superhero movies, any Disney movies, any like really nice rom-coms easy that I've watched in the past. I hate to say it because I am that person, but I will rarely, rarely watch something new. It's like it's quite rare that I'll actually do that. So that's my evening routine in a nutshell. Not the most fun person, but this is just what it's like for most nights where I'm staying at home. And I don't know, I hope it helps you guys kind of figure out how you want to structure your evening routine as well. I am in my healthy hair era. And let me tell you, the Amika mask, the hair mask, and the shampoo and conditioner, it's called The Cure, has completely transformed my hair, okay? So this is what you're going to do. You're going to get the Amica Soul Food hair mask. You're going to damp your hair the day before you're going to wash your hair. You are going to slather this thing all over your strands, like really get in there. I'm so generous with how much I put. Then you're going to just sleep with your hair loosely tied, okay? We don't want anything tight because it'll damage your hair. Then you're going to wake up the next day and you're going to take your everything shower. 
in the shower, you're going to wash off that mask and you're going to use the Cure shampoo and conditioner from Amika. I promise you, your hair is never going to look softer or smoother or silkier. Like the number of times I get compliments when I use this combo is insane. So let's get clinical. Amika's clinically proven shampoo and conditioner duos leave your hair looking and feeling like you just left the salon. Their science-backed formulas are powered by nourishing, naturally derived ingredients with no nasties that deliver visible, woe-worthy results for every hair type. So here's what I really love about Amika first. I mean, I love a brand with a good story. Amika actually means friend. How cute is that? And they are a fearless Brooklyn-born salon-raised hair care brand. I actually found Amika back in 2017. I was actually just looking at my stories because I tagged them and the first time I tagged them was 2017. So that's how long I've been a fan of the brand. They use sea buckthorn powered products that nourish our skin, scalp and strands. And I've already said it, but this is a complete game changer for your hair. I get compliments every time I post my hair styled on stories. It's, it's just insane. So Amika has an offer for you guys. What you're going to do is you can shop all of my personal favorites at loveamika.com slash dream bigger and you get 20% off your order. Okay, so the 20% off discount automatically applies at checkout if you use my link and cannot be combined with other offers. It expires on the 1st of November 2023. So you are going to want to get on it. Like, honestly, get everything that I listed. But if you can only get two products, I'm going to say get the soul food hair mask and get the cure shampoo. Like those would be my top ride or die. I, I just can't live without them. Enjoy. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Hi guys, it's Jordan from the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. On my show, we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, motherhood, channeling, healing, and so much more. A few years ago, I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease, and the healing journey I embarked on at that time set me on the path to radical awakening. Let's just say I had no choice but to change my energy, and that opened me up to the most beautiful healing of my life. On my show, you can expect to feel like you're sitting in my living room chatting with old friends. Tune in every Wednesday to connect and hang on the Balance Bond Soul on Fire. Okay, moving on. You guys are very interested in my everything shower and healthy hair routine. Okay, so... 
This is a question that I get on Instagram a lot. And so when I said that I was doing a solo, I got a lot of inquiries about this. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to put it into this episode. So first and foremost, what is an everything shower for you guys that don't know? All of us girls do it. Okay. It's the shower that you do, which is like an Olympic sport. Okay. You are doing your hair. You are scrubbing your body. You are shaving yourself like a naked mole rat. You are styling your hair. You are lathering yourself in all the lotions and oils. You know what I'm talking about, okay? It's like the whole one-hour routine. Maybe you have some music on. Maybe you have some candles on. It's like a ritual, okay? So my everything shower starts much before the actual shower, okay? It starts the night before or like a few hours at least before I'm taking my shower. So I oil my hair using the Crown Affair oil. This thing smells unbelievable makes my hair so soft and just like nourished and diana who is the founder of crown affair has probably the best hair i've ever seen on a human being it's natural and it just looks so healthy and she really sold me on the brand and i've been a diehard fan ever since i started using it i'm on my second bottle paying customer obsessed then when i put the oil like i put like it's like it comes in like a little bottle with a pipette And I use that to like put it all over my scalp. And then I massage everything in with a scalp massager from Vegamore. So I got this at Sephora and I love the scalp massager. You can do it with your hands, obviously, but it feels so good to massage your scalp with this massager. It just I feel like it gets everything in. It it just feels like a head massage. So I'm obsessed with it. Then I spray my strands of hair with like a spray bottle. I just bought like a, I don't know, it was like $5 from Amazon, filled it up with water, spray my strands until they're damp. And then I use the soul food hair mask from Amika. You guys, this thing is unbelievable. Like I cannot stop talking about it because it makes your hair so soft, like so, so soft. I, I I, just, I can't even tell you guys. I had my mom use it while she was in town as well. And she really liked it too. And I feel like it's one of those products, which is like, holy grail, everyone who uses it is obsessed with it. So once I do this, I, if I'm sleeping, that like, if it's like bedtime for me, then I will put my hair in like a loose, very loose braid. I tie it with the Crown Affair silk hair tie. It's like not damaging for your hair. And I sleep with all of this overnight. And then I'll do my shower in the morning. If I'm planning on taking my shower at night, then I will do this at least like three to four hours before my shower, just so that everything can really sit and, you know, nourish my hair. The next day or that same day when I'm ready to take my shower, I wash my hair with the Cure Shampoo and Conditioner Duo from Amika again. Amika is actually like, I know I've talked about it a bunch on this episode, big fan of the brand. And I'm really excited that they're a partner of the podcast as well. So if you want 20% off their products, just use the link. I'm going to try and find it. It is loveamika.com slash dream bigger. So that'll give you 20% off their products. Honestly, like this combo makes my hair so, so soft and I just can't get enough. I feel like because I color my hair, it tends to get a little bit dry. And I feel like this combo has really saved me. Then after I do my hair situation, I obviously like for body, body wash, I'm a big fan of the Cremo Palo Santo. This one smells so good. 
Again, it's really inexpensive. I got it from Amazon. I think I got a pack of two for like $19 and it smells unbelievable. So, so good. The bottle looks really luxe and it's just a whole experience in the shower. Or if I'm not using this one, then I use the salt air. I think the scent is Santal. It's another, it's like a big bottle. It's pink. I feel like it's just maybe they only have one scent, but it's really, really, really good. So those are my two go-to body washes. Then I come out of the shower and I lather myself with every, like, just like body cream. Okay. So I have a couple of favorites. Currently obsessed with the Jo Malone Wood Sage and Sea Salt. This cream makes you smell like you are holidaying in the south of France and you are just getting off your yacht. You're so rich. You're so chic. Like I can't even talk to you enough about this product. It smells so good. I had it on last night after my shower and Nish was like, what is on your body? Like it smells really good. Or if I'm not using this one and I want more like like something with no scent at all, then I use the Augustinus Bader body cream. This makes my skin so, so smooth. It's like a thicker cream. So it's nice in California where it's very, very dry. It is pricey, but I do think it's worth it. I think it's a great product. And then if I am wearing something that's like sleeveless or shoulders showing or whatever, then I love the Nukes. Nux, I don't know how you say it, but it's spelled N-U-X-E, glow oil. This, first of all, it smells really nice. It smells like summer in a bottle. And it kind of gives you this, like it has like specks of gold in it. And it makes your skin look so just glowy and beautiful. I can't get enough of it. So these are my favorite body products that I'm currently loving and they're on rotation. Then perfume. I have been obsessed with layering, okay? And the two product the two products that I'm currently layering, I'm actually wearing it right now is the Santa Maria Novella patchouli oil with the Kaoli Yum Pistachio. Both of these together, it's such an incredible combination and I feel like layering scents is such a fun way to bring your own twist to just, you know, an otherwise like regular perfume. So this is like a really good combination if you are wanting to layer. If I'd want to do just one perfume, then the Baccarat Rouge 540. I know, I know everyone talks about it. It is absolutely worth the hype. And I have bought into the hype and I'm obsessed with this perfume. It's just really, really good. Okay, so this is like my body care routine for my hair. Again, going back to my hair. So once I'm out of the shower, I put in a leave-in conditioner. I use one from Crown Affair. Again, it smells amazing. And I feel like leave-in conditioner is like moisturizer for your hair. It's just like really good. It makes your hair feel really soft and smooth and silky and all of that. Then before I style it on wet hair still, obviously, I use the Color Wow Dream Coat. So I don't know if you guys have heard of this product. It's gone viral on TikTok. I've been using it for a couple of years now. But what you want to do is saturate all your strands with this product. Okay. You're not just going to spray, spray and move away. Like you are going to use so much of this product that it saturates like every part of your hair, because what it does is it bonds together and makes your hair look completely waterproof. Now I'm not pouring water on my hair, but for me, what it does is it makes sure that my hair does not frizz one bit. Okay. It like makes sure everything stays put. It gives your hair this insane shine. Like I can't even believe how shiny my hair looks when I use this thing. So Love the Color Wow Dream Coat. And then I go in for styling. I use the Dyson Airwrap. Guys, this thing is worth it, okay? Like I resisted for so long, but then I used my friend's Dyson Airwrap while we were in Tulum last November and I came back and I bought it, okay? Like this thing is amazing. It like, 
it really makes my hair stay put. It gives me like that really like lush supermodel hair, you know, like the big blowout. And I'm just obsessed with it. I can't get enough. And then with the Dyson Airwrap, people say that it doesn't work. It's because you're not using hairspray. Okay. So I use a hairspray. It's the R&Co Vicious Stronghold Flexible Hairspray. It is a really good product because it doesn't make your hair look crunchy, but it gives you a lot of hold. So highly, highly recommend. This is probably my favorite hairspray that I've used in a long time. And I'm on my second bottle. I don't see myself ordering another brand because I'm just quite happy with this one. So highly recommend it. Okay, so that is my everything shower and healthy hair routine. (laughs) I know it's a lot, but you know, I feel like it's such a self-care moment. I wasn't someone who would ever really enjoy long showers because I was like, this is a waste of my time. But I feel like if you have a ritual around it and you come out of it smelling really good and you feel really just nice and your skin feels soft, I think it just becomes a much more enjoyable process. So I feel like these products have just really helped me embrace the amount of time that's needed to have a good everything shower. It's officially fall because it's a burr month. And even though it is sweltering hot here in LA, it's still fall for me. And so I'm switching up kind of the footwear that I'm wearing. I'm moving away a little bit more from sandals to more loafers where I can introduce them on days that it's not like a heat wave vibe. And I am obsessed with the LED loafers from Vionic Shoes. Now I've talked about Vionic before, but honestly speaking, their shoes are the most like one of the most comfortable brands that I've ever worn in my life. So the first time I tried Vionic was with their sandals and I wore it while I was in Europe walking 10 to 20,000 steps a day. And my feet had never felt more comfortable in cute shoes and supported. And I was just incredibly impressed. And so I got their LED loafers and I absolutely love them. They look super cute with all of my fall outfits, but also they're really, really comfortable. Personally, for me, I am an East Coast girl. I live in LA, but that's just who I am at my core. And I love to walk everywhere. I walk a ton every single day and I don't like to compromise on how I look just so that I can walk, you know? So I want footwear that is both comfortable and um, very, very chic. So here's the thing about Vionic, okay? Their exclusive Viomotion technology is what really sets them apart. They began by revolutionizing medical orthotics, and today they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day long. They even offer a 30-day guarantee. So if you don't love the shoes for whatever the reason, you can just send them back and receive a full refund within 30 days. So it really is one of these risk-free situations. And I cannot even imagine a scenario where you wouldn't love these shoes because the way they mold to your feet, like I can't even explain it. It is so incredibly comfortable. So Vionic has an offer for you guys. Use code DREAMBIGGER15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. It's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Enjoy. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, the next big topic that you guys wanted me to talk about was relationships. So a lot of questions about Nish and I, and I'm going to start with a few that I got on this specific topic, which is how to balance being in a relationship while making time for myself. So for me, day to day, my mornings are my quiet time. So Nish and I are quite different in the sense that I am most definitely a morning person and he is very much an evening slash night person. So we don't wake up at the same time and we don't go to bed at the same time. And I feel like that allows us to have our own alone time at both points of the day. I'm sure he appreciates being alone at night and I really appreciate being alone in the morning. In fact, when we're jet lagged and Nish wakes up at the same time as me, I'm like, what What are you doing here? Like, this is my time. So I feel like if you are in a relationship and are looking for time for yourself, carve out a specific time where maybe your partner is not in the house or maybe you can just go out of the house yourself or something. But I, I think it's like really healthy to have some time on your own. We also like to do things independently at times. So for example, you know, I'll have certain days where, you know, maybe I want to do something with my friends or vice versa. If like we don't always ha feel the need to do everything together all the time. Like, for example, next week we're going away on a work trip first to Austin and then I have to go to New York for work and Nish came or Nish is coming back to L.A. Similarly, like if there's another like work trip along the line and I just feel like I need my own alone time and maybe both of us don't need to be at the same place for work, then whoever it is that doesn't need to be there just stays at home or whatever, you know? So I feel like we also get alone time because of work. Also, I think people don't realize that even though Nish and I work together, we barely see each other throughout the day. Like, yes, we work in the same home, but, you know, by the time our workday wraps up, like we are dealing with such different parts of the business that at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, like, hey, like, wh what's up? Like, what did you do all day? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we're not there working on the same thing. So it's like we still have that catch up towards the end of the day that a couple would even if they're not working together, you know, so we definitely do things apart and have alone time. Also, once a year, Nish and I spend about a month apart from each other. And that is when we both go home to see our families. So Nish comes to see my family for a week, 10 days, vice versa. But then the rest of the time we spend alone at home with our families. And I feel like that specific practice that we have really has led to a lot of longevity and appreciation for each other within our relationship. Like every single time after a month when I see Nish, I'm so excited to see him. And of course, it doesn't have to be a month. Like even if we're apart for two days, like when we come back to each other, I'm so happy. Like I'm just the most excited to see him. And, you know, I feel like a little bit of time apart is so healthy. And I like for us, Nish and I, we've been together for a really long time and we were together throughout our 20s, which meant that I was traveling independently 
a lot and we've done a lot of long distance in our relationship and I feel like that has led to us being together and really appreciating each other because number one it's allowed us to have very strong communication number two I think that a little bit of time apart is just healthy it's just it's just healthy everyone wants to like everyone needs time to be their own person and if you're constantly with your partner with no breaks throughout the year I feel like I don't know like I would get sick of Nish and vice versa. And I don't say that in a mean way. Like Nish is my favorite person in the whole world. But having a little bit of time apart, I've always found that it's incredibly healthy and we just appreciate each other so much more when we come back to each other. So those are kind of my tips on how I balance being in a very long-term relationship because we are almost 12 years now and making time for myself. And I can also tell you that from these tips, whether you know they're helpful to you or they resonate with you or not, I feel as excited to be in a relationship that I do today as I did when we first got together so many years ago. So yeah, I hope some of these tips are helpful. Next question is how we handle conflict. So look, I think I'm going to preface this by saying that no relationship is perfect, okay? But I think the important thing is that both parties have to work together to make sure that when you do like when you do encounter conflict that you both want to move past it. And it's more of like a work together thing versus an ego thing. So here are kind of our baseline rules. First, we don't yell or raise voices. Okay, it's very easy to get carried away with an argument and then you raise your voice and then you yell. And at that point, it just you're not doing anything productive. Okay, it's just you're just screaming into the ether because let me tell you, if you're yelling, the other person is not internalizing what you're saying. They're not listening to you. They're also just getting angry because it's just raising everyone's cortisol and you're in fight or flight. So instead, if things get heated where we feel like we're raising our voices, which rarely ever happens, but it, you know, it can we walk away and deal with it when we're both calmer. So what this does, I think, is like a little bit of distance just helps you calm down, realize that you're not in danger and helps you think a little bit more rationally. And so with with us, like our obviously our goal is to make sure that we reach a healthy conclusion instead of like just proving that we are right, because that's just not how a relationship is supposed to work. We also have a rule where we don't do the following, okay? So say I have an issue with Nish today and then he brings up a time where I did that same thing four months ago. What does that do? It doesn't do anything productive. It doesn't lead to any good results. It just, you just go back and forth and you talk about how you did this today and then the other person says, but you did that that time. And then you say, but then remember how you did this? It's just so stupid. And so we have a rule where if one person says, oh, like you did this and it really bothered me, the other person doesn't respond with, but remember when you did the same thing, that's like, that's not something we do. Instead, we are very solution oriented. So if I say I'm bothered by something, I think like the, the way that we approach it is like, why were you bothered by it? And how can we figure it out? Also, I find that if we're bickering about something and it's like a it's just something that keeps coming up over and over again, typically it's because we've not come to the root cause of the issue. So a good example of this is say I am bickering at Nish because he isn't doing the dishes. And I'm actually bringing up like a real life example that happened maybe like a year ago. Okay, I was like very bothered by it. 
And I kept bickering with him because I was like, why are you not doing the dishes? Like the dishes weren't done yet again. Like it can't just be my responsibility. And at one point, like we just got tired of like bickering about the same stupid thing. And so we just sat down and we were like, okay, let's come to the, let's figure out like the root cause of this. And the root cause was that I felt like he wasn't pulling his weight when it came to household chores, which by the way, like I think that that's a very valid concern for me to have. So the decision that we came to was a more systemized approach to chores initially. And then down the line, we actually just decided that we needed our housekeeper to come in a little bit more often because we are both incredibly busy with our work. And I understand when Nish isn't able to get to his household tasks the same way that I'm sometimes not able to get things that I'm supposed to do in my personal life because work is really busy. And so outsourcing this specific thing to our housekeeper was very, very helpful and a good thing for our relationship. And I remember the very first time this happened, it was a few years ago before we had like a cleaner housekeeper at all. And I actually went and I hired someone behind Nisha's back because I was so frustrated and I knew that like I just wasn't getting anywhere. And that just immediately saved us so much arguing. And we just stopped arguing because that was clearly like the root of the issue that, you know, I felt like I was pulling both of our weights and he wasn't and he was too busy and the solution was to outsource it. So I think when it comes to issues like this, obviously like this is very specific. It's a cleaning issue, but it can be like anything really. Try to figure out the root cause. And if you can't solve it internally by like figuring out within yourselves, I also feel like outsourcing things is really, really helpful. The other thing I will say is that it's really important to be able to compromise on certain things. So I know I've like, you know, given you guys a lot of examples here, but The one thing that I said is when you are wanting to come to a solution for a problem, coming at it from the perspective of wanting to work together versus trying to prove that you're right is really the way that you're going to both start to see eye to eye because it's really easy to be like, well, I win. But just because you win an argument doesn't mean that the issue is solved. And you want to make sure that you're both walking away from whatever the issue is feeling like it was fair, you know, for both parties, not that one person is feeling like I won and the other one is so angry. You know what I mean? Like that's not in a relationship. That's just not the productive way to do things. So those are kind of the rules. I think that the one big resource that I highly, highly recommend that completely changed the way that I started to approach conflict. I read this book back in 2017, and it's called Seven Laws for Making Marriage Work. It was years before we got married. And it's by, I think it's Dr. John Gottman, I want to say. But he essentially, him and his wife co-wrote this book. And they're like the two biggest experts when it comes to predicting divorce and seeing when relationships will go downhill. And they have a lab where they study couples. It's really fascinating. And the book essentially talks about how certain couples circumvent conflict and give examples of like how to approach a situation versus how not to. And so when I read this book initially, I noticed a lot of things that we were doing wrong that if we kept doing, it would just like our relationship wouldn't survive. And I switched those things 
on my end as like immediately. And then I told Nish about it as well. And the one thing about Nish and I is that we are both very committed to working on our relationship. Like we work on every other part of our lives and we know that we want to be together forever, hopefully. And that requires work just like everything else. So we don't just take our relationship for granted. We're always looking to show up as better and better partners for one another. So highly recommend that book, even if you're not married, even if you're at the beginning of a relationship like one month in, I still think you should read it because whether it's with this person or another person, I still think that those like just overarching rules will really help you navigate how you want to show up in a relationship. Okay. Other topic was healthy relationship tips. I think I've covered a lot of it, but a few outstanding things. Number one is We really prioritize having date night once a week. I cannot stress this enough. That date night that we have is sacred. It is not when we're coming and we're talking about problems in our lives. Like that date night, we are showing up like we are on a date, okay? I am dating my husband. I'm going out. I want to look cute. I want to present myself in the best possible way. On that date, we are talking about fun things like I'm not piling on my life's problems onto him on that specific day. Like there's a time and place and that date night is not it. Okay, we're keeping things light, fun, sexy. And we've been really particular about our once a week date night for the entirety of our relationship. And I swear to you, it is, I think, one of the reasons why we're in a healthy relationship still. The other thing is if we are in a period of time where we're constantly getting into disagreements. We have realized that it's because for whatever the reason, we've skipped date night for like three weeks. Okay. That's probably the longest we've gone skipping date night. And it's either been because we've been fundraising or one of our families have been visiting or we've had friends in the house. And like every single time it's the same pattern that like if we skip date night for too many weeks, then like we get into disagreements. We don't really see eye to eye anymore. And so we're really protective about making sure that this date night rule is a rule forever. The other thing is that we try to travel two times a year, no matter what, to get away from our work and just our lives and switch up our routines and just connect with each other. So I don't think you need to necessarily go on this like big fancy trip if you don't want to. I think you can go on a staycation. I just think switching up your routine and getting out of your daily environment is really helpful to allow you to reconnect because I think that, you know, when you're in your regular routine, it's hard to just make time specifically for each other for more than just a dinner or whatever. And so I think that that is really like that again is like one of those things that's helped the longevity in our relationship. Last thing is that we never talk badly about one another to other people. It doesn't matter if I'm mad at Nish. It doesn't matter if, I don't know, we're not seeing eye to eye on something. We will always go to each other and figure it out versus me calling up my best friend and talking shit about Nish or vice versa. Like that's just not how we operate. He's my best friend. He's my person. And I have the utmost respect for him even when things aren't going right. Like I will never talk poorly about him and have that like weird gossipy attitude. Like we've never done that in our relationship ever. Like even when he was my boyfriend, even when we had just started dating, I never spoke poorly about Nish. And that is like a very, very key rule in our relationship. Like if we are having issues, we'll go speak to a therapist, but never badly about each other behind our back, behind each other's backs, you know, if that makes sense. 
Okay, so the last topic that I have time to cover is finances. And I hope I can get through it in the next, I'm going to try to do this in the next five to six minutes. So a lot of you guys had questions about how I manage finances, what, like if I invest in things, like, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I was so bad at my finances for so long, like years in my early 20s. I just had no idea what I was doing. And at the beginning, I was so bad at this. And I think in my head, I had normalized it. I was like, oh, I don't have to be good at finances because Nish is good at finances. And I look back on this and it drives me insane that I actually thought like this. Like in every other facet of my life, I always thought that like if Nish can do this, then I can do this. And yet with finances, I cut myself so short for absolutely no reason, just because I was not good at math growing up and numbers intimidated me. Even if you are bad at math does not mean that you should be bad at finances. And I think that, you know, I've seen the whole girl math TikTok viral video. And yes, you know, I can I can take a joke. I think it's funny. Yes. But at the end of the day, I think that the whole concept of girl math is so harmful because it cuts us short. You know, it makes it feel as though it's okay for women to not be on top of their finances because girl math like no girl math is not a real thing. Like just because we do that doesn't mean that it's the right thing. And I promise you, even if you're someone who's not great at numbers, because I definitely wasn't finance, like not finances, but like numbers were never my strong suit. And I always like I always sold myself short because of that. And I promise you, if you're like me, it doesn't have to be that way. I think your finances are an independent thing that you can take control of, even if you are bad with numbers. Okay. So the first thing that I want you to do, if this is you, is read the book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. It is incredible. It will teach you everything you need to know about like getting your finances in a really, really good place. And it does not mean that you have to sacrifice on getting coffees or avocado toast if that's your thing. So this is a very non-intimidating resource for anyone who's looking to start understanding finances and just like getting their life in order. At the beginning, when I decided that like, okay, like this is no longer who I want to be. I want to be someone who's very responsible with my finances. I want to be someone who invests my money and just like makes smart decisions. All I did was start to track what I was spending on. And I would do this every Sunday and make it a fun ritual. So I, I like did a whole reframe because up until then, I would hate looking at my bills. I just I, I wanted to be in denial about what I was spending on. So I'd pay off my credit cards in full. Thank God, because that was just something that my parents like told me right from like a very young age. It's something that, you know, Nish and I have been very particular about. So I'd always pay off my credit cards in full, but I'd never know what I was spending on. And so I had no sense of a budget. It was just it was so stupid. And so all I did was a reframe. I made Sundays this fun time where I was going to play this game. I'd go through all my credit card statements and see exactly what I was spending my money on. And I think what that did was help me like really see where my dollars were going. It was also crazy because I realized that I was paying for all of these subscriptions and things that I hadn't even used and were like I was being wrongly charged for something. So when you do that at the beginning of like your financial journey, I think it just it's just a good habit because it allows you to really monitor where you are spending your money. So when you go through this exercise and you kind of like 
go through everything with a fine comb or whatever. It'll help you also come up with like just a loose budget. And that budget should be kind of like no matter what, you should put away a certain amount into investments. That's something that I do, like a certain percentage of what I make every month goes into investments. And I'm either investing in the stock market or into other brands. Like those are my two big buckets of what I put my money into. And then you have like a budget like for for fun. Okay. And of course, like you have your budget for like your everyday expenses, like things like your fixed costs, like your rent, your electricity bills, whatever bills you have, phone, whatever things that you have. And then you have your fun budget. Okay. And your fun things is like, okay, like you want to buy a pair of shoes or you want to go on vacation or whatever it is. So again, read the book. I will teach you to be rich by Ramit. It's really, really good. And if you want to go deeper and like understand how to make smart investment decisions, Mastering the Money Game by Tony Robbins is also a really excellent read. The thing is with finances and how I thought of money, I had to really I guess like fix the relationship that I had with money. You know, I didn't want to be someone who like put their head under the sand and not know what was happening anymore. Like I wanted to really be someone who was smart with their finances. And so if this is you as well, like what I did was I'd ask myself, what is someone, what does someone who is wealthy and financially responsible, like how do they behave? And I just started to mimic those behaviors. That was making sure that I was on top of all of my bills, making sure I knew what I was spending on, making sure that I put money away into investments. And this doesn't have to be a big amount to start with if you don't have the means, like start with the tiniest, tiniest amount. Like the thing is with the stock market is that if you make the right calls, then it compounds and you just win at the end, right? And so like that, those are the kind of habits that I wanted to cultivate. The other thing is that, I wanted to be someone who was wealthy, not just rich. And there's a difference. I think that with rich, it's like, oh, I'll buy things that are an external status of wealth, you know, versus wealthy is being really smart about how you're building up your life and planning for the future. And so that's the type of person that I wanted to be. So now, of course, like, you know, if I want to, like, I'm not saying that I don't buy nice things. Of course I do, you know, but I'm just really smart about it because I know that no matter what I'm putting money into investments and just like taking care of my financial health for the long run before I go and buy myself these like fun things like a new pair of like designer shoes or a handbag or whatever that is. So I think that the main thing to think about when you are getting started on like wanting to figure out your finances is dealing with it head on, turning away, even if you don't like what's happening is just not really going to help you. It's not like it's going to go away into the ether. You're going to need to deal with your finances in order for it to get better. And number two is healing your relationship with money. Like for me, money is energy. I feel like, you know, if I treat it well, then it'll treat me well. And that means that I have to be on top of everything. So I hope that this is helpful. Again, those two books that I recommended, I Will Teach You To Be Rich and Mastering The Money Game, both excellent and highly recommend you read them both. Okay, that is all the time that I have for today. I hope that this episode was helpful. As always, let me know if there's any specific topics you want me to cover for future solos. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif 
And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.